Good evening and welcome to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church in New York City, a church that is committed to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ in an atmosphere of love. Please join us this hour as Pastor Matthew Recker opens the Word of God and then brings others, including you, into the conversation. Tonight, we'll seek to have a dialogue that will glorify God and will show how the Bible is relevant to everyday life. Our desire is to lead people to salvation in Christ and encourage believers in their spiritual growth. Join us and build up your own heritage of faith. Welcome and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program hosted by Pastor Matthew Recker. My name is Micah and I'm the Ministry Assistant at Heritage and tonight we continue to discuss the infamous series called Back to the Beginning (laughs) on Genesis 1 through 10 and we are going to talk about the Table of Nations uh, from Genesis chapter 10. If you would like to join in the conversation tonight or if you have any questions, give us a call. Our studio phone number is 929-333-3739. I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners named Catherine from Rosedale. We welcomed your friend Debbie to church this morning, and it was great to meet her. Thanks for inviting her. Pastor Matt, I don't know which part of the world your family is from. Are you Irish? I'm from Rosedale. Rosedale. <laughs> You're also from <laughs> no, Rosedale. No, okay. but Mike, I, I, don't, I don't say this to get your pity, but I'm a mess. Oh, okay? you are? I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm all mixed up okay. and probably have all different kinds of ethnic blood in me. I didn't, I didn't get that test. But also, you, yeah. you really want to know where I'm from. My name is a German name, Recker. Okay, German. Okay. And it means a swamp dweller. So I, <laughs> I, I've risen up out of the swamp to come to New York City. Okay. That's where I'm from. So uh, where are you from? I'm part German, oh, yeah. English, and Swedish. Okay, yep. all right. And we have Pastor Carmine. Pastor Carmine, I know where you're from. Yes, uh, yeah. yes, 100% pure Italian. Okay, all right, yeah. Your mom and dad? Yeah, they were bo- both uh, born in Italy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we uh, we welcome Pastor Carmine back on the program. Thank you for being here tonight. Great to be here. Yeah, and we're going to go right into Genesis chapter 10, as you said, Micah, the table of nations. And this passage of Scripture tells us where we're all from, mm-hmm. because this is the de- these are the descendants of Noah, and then where they were dispersed to, and all humanity arises and descends from these three descendants of Noah, Mm -hmm. the sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth. So we're going to read this. It's kind of a tough chapter, listener, but we've been reading the whole chapters, and we've been reading the entire passages each each time that we go through it. So we're going to read all 32 verses. So have patience with us as we pronounce some of these names. So Pastor Carmine will start us off in Genesis chapter 10. Genesis 10. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and unto them were sons born after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Madai, and Javan, and Tubal, and Meshach, and Tyras, and the sons of Gomer, Ashkenaz, and Ripath, and Togamah, and the sons of Javan, Elisha, and Tarshish, Kittim, and Dodanim. By these were the isles of the Gentiles divided in their lands, every one after his tongue, after their families, in their nations. And the sons of Ham, Cush, and Mizraim, and Put, and Canaan, and the sons of Cush, Seba, and Havilah, and Sabta, and Ra'amah, and Sabtaka, and the sons of Ra'amah, Sheba, and Didan. 
and Cush begat Nimrod. He began to be mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel and Iraq and Akkad and Kalni and the land of Shinar. Out of that land went forth Asher and builded Nineveh and the city Rehoboth and Kala and Rezin between Nineveh and Kala, the same is a great city. And Mizraim begat Ludim and Anamim and Lehabim and Naphtuhim and Pathrasim and Kasluhim, out of whom came Philistine and Katharim. And Canaan begat Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusite and the Amorite and the Gergesite and the Hivite and the Archite and the Sinite and the Arvidite and the Zemurite and the Hamathite and afterward were the families of the Canaanites spread abroad and the border of the Canaanites was from Sidon as thou comest to Gerar unto Gaza and the, thou goest unto Sodom and Gomorrah and Adma and Zeboim even unto Lasha these are the sons of Ham after their families after their tongues in their countries and in their nations unto Shem also the father of all the children of Eber the brother of Japheth, the elder, even to him were children born. And the children of Shem, Elam and Ashur and Arphaxad and Lud and Aram. And the children of Aram, Uz and Hul and Gether and Mash. And Arphaxad begat Saleh, and Salah begat Eber. And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of the one was Peleg, and in, in his days was the earth divided. And his brother's name was Joktan. And Joktan begat Almodad, and Shelef, and Hazar Maveth, and Jira, and Hadoram, and Uzal, and Dikla, and Obal, and Abayamai, and Sheba, and Ophir, and Havilah, and Jobab. And all these were the sons of Joktan. And their dwelling was from Misha, as thou goest unto Sephar, a mount of the east. These are the sons of Shem, after their families, after their tongues, in their lands, after their nations. These are the families of the sons of Noah, after their generations, in their nations. And by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. These are the seventy nations called the table of nations genesis chapter 10 and we'll pray father god in heaven we thank you for this chapter uh, in genesis thank you god for giving us uh, your word lord and thank you that we know that we all every tongue and nation comes from one person lord and then the flood came and then the earth was replenished god and we know that you are the creator of all men and we thank you, dear God, that we can go through this chapter tonight. We pray that you would continue to uh, strengthen our hearts, our minds, our spirit, dear God. And we pray that you would continue to be glorified in all that we do and all that we say. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we come tonight to one of the least studied chapters in the book of Genesis, perhaps in the Bible, because it's just a lot of names here. And sometimes we have that tendency, don't we, to just skip over the names. But I'm glad we read them tonight because all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And this chapter actually gives amazing, incredible information about the descendants of Noah 
as, and it says after their families, after their tongues, in their countries and in their nations. It says that after each of the, 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 the sons mm-hmm. of Noah. And really where this is leading us is to Abraham. Yeah. Because there it says of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 that in Abraham shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Amen. And so again, it shows that there's one Savior mm-hmm. who is going to bring blessing to all these families yeah. of the earth. Mm-hmm. So it's very powerful. And dear listener, we have a free gift that we are offering you tonight. It is a little booklet written by Dr. Ken Ham, who is the leader of Answers in Genesis, which has built the great Ark Encounter, as well as the, the Creation Museum. And it's a booklet entitled The Biblical Answer to Racism. And we're going to talk about this tonight, this so-called struggle in our society, our city, our nation, about racism and how we're all one human race based even on this chapter. But if you would like to receive this booklet by Ken Ham, The Biblical Answer to Racism, give us a call tonight throughout the program at 929-333-3739. Again, a free gift tonight. Just give us a call. At 929-333-3739 to receive the free gift, the biblical answer to racism. Now, Genesis chapter 10 and verse number 1 says, Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And unto them were sons born after the flood. So how does this one statement in Genesis chapter 10 verse 1 once again authenticate the historicity of these early chapters of Genesis and they validate the worldwide flood that we have been studying in Genesis 6 through 9 and they show as well the development of the dawn of world history and so we'll start with Carmine that's kind of a long question but you know how does this one verse show that the that this is really historical in real history good question good question pastor well it does remind us that all but eight people uh, died in the flood mm-hmm. And it really authenticates um, the promise that we see in Genesis 9-1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. So this is the continuation really of the genealogies yeah. from Genesis 5, 31 and 32. We see also in Genesis 9, 20 and 29. So here in, in 10, uh, we see that, that continuation of genealogies. And, and you mentioned about Abraham and the preparing the way of the promise this is the connection from Adam to Noah to Abraham. Yeah, that's very good. Micah? Yeah, I think so many people these days, Pastor, are interested in the, their historical ethnicity. And with modern technology, people can actually find out a lot right. of information. There's yeah. the whole DNA testing industry, which has become quite a big thing. And from what I understand, sometimes the results that come back show some surprising things about people's origins. But the one thing the Bible does for us, if we believe it, is explain our origins collectively. We know, of course, that God created the first man and first woman, and that we all descended from these two. But according to this scripture, we all descended from Noah as well. And we see this in chapter 10, the passage we know of as the table of nations. So, again, Genesis 10.1 uses the phrase that these are the generations of, and what that does is creates a transition going from just Noah and his family to the generations which flowed out of that family. And this description of humanity's growth after the flood shows that every human being on earth has come from this single family and we're all related to Noah 
coming from his three sons, one of one of his three sons. Real history and answers a great question. Where did we all come from, you know, and how did we get so divided o- around the earth? This passage of Scripture answers these questions. Dr. William F. Albright, during his life, was one of the world's leading authorities in archaeology in the Near East. And this is what he said, not as a Bible believer, but he said, quote, that this passage of Scripture, Genesis chapter 10, the table of nations, stands absolutely alone in ancient literature without a remote parallel. Mm. That's a strong statement Mm -hmm. of a leading archaeologist. Even among the Greeks, where we find the closest approach to a distribution of peoples of a genealogical framework, the table of nations remains an astonishingly accurate document. So this is a unique and unparalleled document that shows how the nations of the earth descended from Noah. Yeah, so that means all 8 billion of us on the planet today came from one of Noah's sons. And as we said, we believe it because that's the word of God. But this week I wanted to see if there was any scientific evidence to back it up. And I saw that there was a scientific study released in 2016 by a research biologist named Dr. Nathaniel Jensen, which plotted the mitochondrial DNA of hundreds of people from all the different major people groups. And he plotted that on a tree diagram. And then there was an obvious pattern that emerged. The diagram, it showed that there were three central trunks, which all the branches of people groups grew out from. Mm. Now, mitochondrial DNA, or mtDNA as it's called, always comes from the mother. So these three trunks, they point us back to the wives of Noah's three sons. So in other words, Shem's children would have had different mtDNA than Ham's children because they had different mothers. And then by examining the mutations in the various mtDNA and knowing approximately how long it takes for these mutations to occur, the researcher was able to estimate that the time frame of that split was about 4,000 years ago, which brings us back to the time of the flood. Wow. Good stuff. Thank you for sharing that, Micah. Yep. And praise God for the Word of God that it shares this important information for us. And again, dear friends, we're offering a free booklet tonight entitled The Biblical Answer to Racism. You can give us a call right now at 929-333-3739, and we will send it to you in the mail absolutely free. So give us a call right now or throughout this program, 929-333-3739. So let's talk about how... The human race is both divinely united, and then we'll talk about how the human race is divinely divided. But first, how the human race is divinely united, descending from one family. Now, this race question, obviously, is a very sensitive issue, Mm -hmm. and it divides our culture today. So how should the Christian view this issue that brings so much lack of trust in one another and division in our nation? And how can Jesus Christ and our faith in, in Jesus and our belief in the Bible bring healing to this issue? So, Pastor Carmine, if you want to start us off on this, and let's just talk about this yeah. race question. Sure. I think as Christians, we, we need to not focus on the differences but the similarities mm-hmm. uh, of, of the nations. So no matter what our culture, our race, our language, we are all divinely made in his image uh, and we originate from one human mm-hmm. and from one human race you know genesis 11:1 1 says the whole earth was of one language uh, so we all spoke they all spoke the same language and of one speech so they all had the same purpose the same cause um, so that's what as a christian we should we should focus on the the, the similarities and another similarity I think that we can see 
Um, and I, I kind of, when I read Genesis 10, I kind of read it with Genesis 11, at least the verses Sure, absolutely, nine. Uh, yeah. And well, we'll, they're we'll, connected. We'll, yeah, they they connect. And we'll get into that later. But, um, you know, we're all proud sinners. We're mm-hmm. all, that's another key uh, yeah. similarity uh, in, in the human race. And being that we're all proud sinners, we all need a Savior. Mm-hmm. And that is a kind of common thread in, in all humanity. And that reminds me of John, John 8, 44. Uh, where Jesus said, "You are of your, uh, you are of your father, the devil." Speaking of the uh, the scribes and the Pharisees, and the lust of your father, ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So I think as as a Christian, uh, and this whole thing about racism and, and and how do we view we view that we are all sinners. There is no matter what ethnicity you are we're yeah. sinners uh in the need of a savior and you know there should be no pride in in what your culture and what your tongue and what nation you are of mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i think the race question you know it's nothing new but it does seem to have been elevated to another level in recent years and frankly the devil is having a field day manipulating and dividing us with it but um uh, uh-oh Sorry about that. I don't know what happened there. Okay. Um, but we have to understand that through the historical record of the Bible that every human being is part of the same family, as Pastor Carmine was just saying, and it's so much more unifying because it, it erases that us versus them mentality. And that's why it's so important that within the body of Christ we stand united as one family, a family with a multitude of ethnicities, languages, countries of origin. And we said it before on this program that just like New York is a melting pot of people, so is our church, so is Heritage Baptist Church. We have people in our church who are born in Russia, Jamaica, Korea, Colombia, Trinidad, and the Philippines, to name just a few, bringing with them all the subsequent languages. And I just want to read Revelation 7, 9. It says, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Yeah. Sorry about the technical difficulties, guys. Hey, no problem. We're, we're using technology, so there's always <laughs> going to be difficulties, right? I love Acts chapter 17, verse 26, where Paul, preaching there on Mars Hill, says that God hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation Mm. that means none of us chooses where we come from God is the one who has determined that and he will continue to determine that and that he has made all of us the same Mm. of one blood Mm -hmm. so that means we are one human race and I believe that our culture just has a wrong way of talking about it Mm -hmm. by even saying what race are you from Mm -hmm. I believe that's a bad starting point right there Mm -hmm. because we're of one human race the modern concept of race became popular in evolutionary thinking when early evolutionists saw and used the term race to describe subspecies of people, people who had not evolved as much as 
maybe they had. And so they looked down on other people groups as less evolved, and yeah. therefore they were of another race. Mm. So the term race comes out of racist evolutionary thinking. <laughs> yeah. So and now I know a lot of people, who, and I'm not saying everyone who uses that term today is, is racist. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that that term came out of that thinking. Mm. And so we have to deal with the remnants of that. Mm-hmm. So it is still best to say that there's one human race because we all have one creator and we all have one family that we've come from, descended from, twice over, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We all descended from Adam and Eve and then twice again we all descended from Noah and his family. And as you mentioned, Micah, Revelation chapter 7, and we're going to talk about how uh, how the human race is divided. But we first have to see how the u- human race is united mm. in, in, in this way mm-hmm. so that we have respect for one another and that we have love for one another. No matter where a person is born, no matter what language they speak, no matter what uh, pigmentation their skin color is. And Revelation chapter 5 and verse 9 says, They sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. And to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood, out of every kindred, and tongue, and people, and nation. So, there's one human race that has descended from one human couple, Mm -hmm. and there's one Savior who loves all men, Mm -hmm. because he's the creator of all, and he's determined the bounds of their habitation. And he's commanded us to go into all the world, this one world, right, and preach the gospel. So praise God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. And what we want to do right now is we want to go to a song. We're going to play a beautiful song about the blood of Jesus Christ. And while we play this song, we will open up our phone lines. And if listeners want to speak to us about this question, you may join us in this conversation as well at 929-333-3739. Or if you want to receive a free booklet entitled The Biblical Answer to Racism, give us a call right now at 929-333-3739. And we'll be back to talk about this on the other side.
Praise God for the blood of Jesus Christ. And dear friend, are you born again? Has the blood of Jesus Christ cleansed you of all your sin? If you need salvation, if you're not sure that you're saved today, if you were to go to heaven, if you were to die, by all means, we want to talk to you. We want to be able to share the love of Jesus Christ with you. Give us a call at 929-333-3739. So we're talking tonight in Genesis chapter 10, the table of the nations. And we saw first that the human race is divinely united in one through one couple, first Adam and Eve, and then Noah and his wife and his three sons, one divine creator, one savior for the world. Now let's talk, however, how the human race is divinely divided. And this chapter, Pastor Carmine tells us how the, how the human race is divided by language, family, territory, and nation. So how did this division occur, and what's our human response to this division? Thanks, Pastor. Well, although we're in chapter 10... Uh, the record of the Tower of Babel uh, in chapter 11 precedes Genesis 10. The record of the Tower of Babel is the expl- explanation for the record that we just read right. in, in chapter 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really the cause of that division or that dispersion is found in verses uh, 1 through 9 in chapter 11, where it reveals God's intervention of man's proud, self-centered, autonomous heart. Um, if you look at verse 2, they disobey God. Uh, God specifically told them to do what in nine one, to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, they were fruitful; they, they multiplied, but they did not replenish the earth. Instead, uh, chapter eleven tells us that they dwelt in the land of Shinar. So they wanted to be this one world, this autonomous people, uh, and promote the unity of their race. So really, unity is not the greater good. Uh, obedience to God's word is true. True unity uh, cannot be achieved without obedience to God and, and, and His word. And you know we kind of see that in First Samuel fifteen twenty two, and Samuel said, "Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Mm. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams." That's good, yeah. And so I, I agree with Pastor Conrad. I think it it can get a little bit confusing as you read uh, chapter ten and then verse chapter uh, then chapter eleven. It's like God does this great global reset with the flood, and then we have a, an overview of the spread of humanity in chapter ten. But then eleven kind of zooms in and looks closely at why the families were divided and spread out. And I think it's interesting that, as Pastor Carmine said. You know, they were being fruitful and multiplying and eventually replenishing the earth, but that was actually forced. It wasn't voluntary obedience. They were forced uh, to spread out throughout the earth with the Babel episode. Yeah. And, you know, talking about the the differences and the distinctions, though, and how the human race is divinely divided, I, that seems to be the sad emphasis, you know, that we hear so much and, and you know, a division of of color or nation and language mm-hmm. and then that keeps us separated from from each other and sometimes obviously language differences and things that that's what that's what naturally does happen many times but the point i want to make is this and ken ham makes this point in the booklet that we're offering tonight the yeah. biblical answer to racism he talks about the basic genetic difference between any two people is typically around 0.2% so, in other words, I have a genetic difference from you, uh, Micah, and you, Pastor Carmine, 0.2%. Wow. 
the racial characteristic difference between us is 0.012%. So the difference that we have just because we're human beings is greater than the, the, the characteristic difference that we make so much of. Hmm. In other words, the differences like skin color, yeah. eye shape, yeah. and hair differences account for only 0.12% of the human biological variation. Hmm. So the point I'm making is we're much more the same yeah. than different. Yeah. And, for example, even in our skin color, there's very little molecular difference between me and let's say a person considered black uh -huh. or Asian yeah. because we all have melanin. We mm -hmm. all have melanin. It's just we have different amounts of it. Right. So it's a very small genetic difference. So we're divinely united, but yes, we are divinely divided, but not in the way that man wants to, to, to divide us. So let's continue. Um, yeah, talk. yeah. I, I, go I ahead. I want to say to the um, uh, really their mistake, and I just want to read one verse in, in chapter eleven. And they said, "Go to let us build a, us a city <clears throat> and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth." You know, we talk about this dispersion, this division, and this is really God's intervention. Uh, which interesting here, their mistake was in their perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, their, from their perspective. The tower was great, but from right. God's perspective, yeah. the tower was small. He had to stoop down. He had to come down mm, and look yeah. at the tower. Mm -hmm. You know, they they ruled God out right. of their planning. It's mm -hmm. basically what they did. Mm -hmm. uh, and as they said one to another, let us make, you know, let let us make. Not, you know, where is where is God and let us yeah. right. Mm -hmm. And then what's interesting, verses seven and eight is the inverse of verses three and four. You know, three and four is everything man purposed to do in their in their proud heart. Uh, to be this one global unified empire, um, and, and you know that's kind of how why the reason, main reason why God had to divinely divide mm -hmm. and disperse uh, the nations. Yeah, because they wanted to unite in rebellion against God yeah. in false in false religion, and it would have again morally and spiritually corrupted the the human race again. So mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. brought that judgment, which. And that's we have to talk about that tonight, even though we're in Genesis 10. But we will get I have a fuller discussion yeah. as well in Genesis 11 next week. But so the human race is divinely divided. Now let's let's move on then to to the specific descendants and the way it's broken down and it's it's so amazing. The descendants of of Japheth there are 14 descendants of Japheth. There are 30 descendants of Ham and then 26 of Shem, a total of 70. Mm -hmm. And so the first are the descendants of Japheth in verses 1 through 5. So, Micah, who are some of these descendants, maybe who are some of the interesting ones that might catch our attention, and where did they settle? Yeah, well, Japheth is the first son listed in the Table of Nations, and he had 14 descendants whose people groups settled in the north and the west. And they were the founders of the Greek people and the Scythian people. Um, and they would have settled in what we modern day would call Europe, Turkey, Russia, Iran, and the Stan countries. And some of the notable names of the descendants were Ga uh, Magog, Gomer, Tagarma, Meshech, and Tubal. And those nations are mentioned in the famous passage of Ezekiel 38, which describes a great end times battle 
which God wins for Israel. And we were talking about it before yeah. the program, and we said, you know, why is it that God talks about this future event in the same terms that he spoke of all the way back in Genesis 10 and I think that those are probably God's permanent labels on those places so even though we today don't call them yeah. those names that makes probably sense. his permanent label Tarshish is also mentioned and it's identified we either think it's Spain or possibly even the UK and that's where the prophet Jonah tried to run um, in the opposite direction of Nineveh and then there's yeah. also Ashkenaz which is identified with Germany yeah. and even today German Jews call themselves Ashkenazi Jews. Yeah, I've met Ashkenazi Jews here in New York City, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely. So th- that's a, you know, isn't it and and here we see again the unity of the Bible even in a somewhat innocent passage where he just mentions uh, um Magog and and Gomer and because in Revelation we see the battle of Gog and Magog. So yeah. we see Magog mm-hmm. mentioned in the first book of the Bible yeah. and Magog mentioned in the last book of the Bible and then buried deep in the, in the prophet Ezekiel. So mm-hmm. it, the Bible is just incredible and the unity of, of the scripture. So those are some of the descendants of Japheth. That's great, Micah. Let's now talk about the descendants of Ham. These are divided into 30 nations. They settled in the areas of Egypt and Canaan. And out of these came some of the great civilizations and the cities of the east like Nineveh and Babylon. So Carmine Nimrod, of course, is mentioned, and he's a significant one. Perhaps he's the most significant individual mentioned even in this whole chapter. Like four verses, I think, at least are given to him. So what, who is Nimrod and what's his significance here in Genesis chapter 10, 8 through 12? Well, Pastor, what we see, at least when he's first mentioned, he's called, for the first time, he's called just the Mighty One. Uh, and you take a look at the word mighty, it just means powerful, really in the sense of a tyrant, mm-hmm. powerful tyrant or powerful warrior. <clears throat> and then in verse 8, we see, uh, in verse 9, we see that he's called the mighty hunter twice. Twice he's called the mighty hunter. Uh, and then immediately in verse 10, we read uh, in the beginning of his kingdom. So uh, I believe Nimrod, at least in the context here, is a tyrannical leader. Um, he and really he's a hunter and he might have been a really good hunter of of game uh but i believe at least in context i believe it's referring to uh conquering of people uh, being a hunter of men and and their land to establish his kingdom and his tyrannical reign and it, I, I get that from that at least that concept from jeremiah 16:16 16, 16, where it says behold <clears throat> i will send for many fishers saith the Lord, and they shall fish fish them, and after will I send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill, and out of the holds of the rocks. We see the same, so we see the same concept also, I'm not going to read it, Ezekiel 13, 18, and Micah 7, 2, how this hunting is not necessarily a a hunting of of game, but a hunting of of people. And this is how I believe we see Nimrod here he just he just plowed through nations and conquering and really destroying people mm. um and building his you know he was a statist basically mm. he was a statist mm. he he was in control he wanted to control uh, the people socially and, and economically yeah uh and this this is what i think nimrod uh represents and he was the founder of the first imperial kingdom babylon and then, and then assyria um so he's a rough dude and and you know his 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 name really means we will revolt. Mm, we yeah. will revolt. So in, in verse 9, uh, where it says the mighty hunter before the Lord, you know, we see 
again, Nimrod as this uh, the this defiant person, this this one who opposes God. And, and really, when it says bef- uh, the mighty hunter before God, I, I believe what it's saying is, you know, almost as this is Nimrod in the face of God, meaning he he's opposing God in to defiance. his face, in defiance yeah. to his yeah. face. Yeah. You know, like we, we would say today, in your face yeah. Yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> That's kind of the idea here that we see we see uh, Nimrod. So I just had one thought. You know, we talk, and I know we're not in chapter 11, but in this whole Tower of Babel, what uh, role did Nimrod have in actually in the construction uh, of this Tower? Uh, of Babel, you know, was was this building of the tower in defiance to God in sending the flood? Uh, you know, w- was it a statement to God? Yeah, well, he had a leading role in it, I believe, based on this passage and then what went on in Genesis chapter 11. He's not mentioned there, but I believe he was the the leader of that. And that that was well said, Pastor Carmen, and I agree with that. Nimrod was a warrior, a city builder, a mighty hunter of men. I call him a progressive globalist. He was a progressive <laughs> of his day and a globalist. He wanted global power yeah. of his day. Mm-hmm. He's an eerie type of the coming Antichrist. Mm-hmm. He sought to unite the world into one global government, econom- economy, and religion. And this Babylonian mindset of progressive globalism is far from dead. Actually, it's taking over American politics and European politics as well. Mm -hmm. That this Babylonian progressive globalism uh, demonstrated by the World Economic Forum and by by progressive politicians, it, it's, it's Nimrod's ideology. Yeah, the spirit it, of Nimrod lives. It, it lives strong, and, and it, it won't be destroyed until Revelation chapter 18, where yeah. the system of Babylon will, will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, I think another interesting thing about Nimrod is that he's one of the first types of Antichrist that we have fleshed out for us in the Scriptures. And as we said, he was the first ruler of Babylon and Nineveh, those famous capital cities of uh, you know the Babylonians and the Assyrians and the nations which would eventually come to become Israel's greatest enemies and thus enemies of God. So Nimrod, also the first after the flood to lift himself up in a mighty position of power, his incredible hunting skill, as we mentioned, gathered people around him and thus he gained great power and fame because he was a man of violence, you know, and we remember that the flood happened because men were so violent in the earth. There are quite a few parallels between these short verses about Nimrod in Genesis 10 and the description of the beast of Daniel and Revelation. And let me highlight just one of those parallels. Um, it says he was a mighty hunter, so Nimrod's weapon would have been a bow, which reminds me of the entrance of the Antichrist in Revelation chapter 6. So 6 verse 2 says, And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. To me, that sounds like Nimrod. Yeah, and I believe, as, as Pastor Carmine, you well said, he was a mighty hunter of the souls of men, and he wanted to rule over man. That's true. But it, it does say he was, a, he was a mighty hunter. And I, I wonder, you know, when you even... You know, we, we see old-time movies where, you know, in the Middle Ages where there was like a hunter who would fight against the great dragon, you know. And, and that might be like a legend that we might think it's a legend, but yeah. there were dinosaurs on the earth in this yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And Job talks about fire-breathing dinosaurs and dragons, if you will. And so I wonder if Nimrod just became like a folk hero or just somebody who was looked up to so much, and then he parlayed that 
power. Maybe he did slay fire-breathing dragons as yeah. a mighty hunter, and then he, he became a hunter of men as well. I mean, it's a possibility. Very interesting stuff, though, and the Bible tells us about this man, Nimrod. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, and I, you know, before we give all our attention to Nimrod, uh, even just read through the rest of the names of these descendants of Ham. We have the Canaanites, you know, people from Gaza, the Philistines, we hear of Sodom and yeah. Gomorrah, and all the Ites, you know, the Amorites, the Gergesites. So this line of Ham, you know, going back just one chapter and recognizing that, you know, Ham and Canaan specifically were cursed by Noah, I mean, we can see that these you know, ev- eventual enemies of Israel, they, they all kind of float out of this one line out of Ham. That's right. And I think we should focus on that, the name of the Canaanites uh-huh. in verse 18, because these are the enemies that Israel would be fighting when they went into the land. Yeah. And remember, the law, these books of the Bible were really written in preparation for Israel going into the land of promise. So mm-hmm. it says in that verse, after mentioning all the different ites that they would be fighting, the the Hivite and the Archite and and the Hamathite and then it says were these were the families of the Canaanites the families of the Canaanites mm. spread abroad yeah. and then when we get into the to the Abraham story it says and the Canaanite was then in the land and again so the the foundation of that is God put a curse yeah. upon Canaan so these were a cursed people and Abraham himself would be living in the midst of these people yeah. Uh, do we want to go to a phone call? We have Sonny on line one. All right. Our, our friend Sonny listening all Hi the there, way Sonny. from Oregon. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I, you may not know it yet. Mike knows that I have moved, and I'm moved now in Las Nevada. Vegas, yeah. oh, oh, Nevada. Okay. Dry air again. <laughs> okay. Good, good. Well, what's on oh, your mind know, tonight, Sonny? Listen today, and um, I, I'm not sure. I don't think that you mentioned the full title of Charles Darwin, the famous evolutionist establisher, yeah. mm-hmm. um, his whole book. And, and you can look this right up. If you order it on Amazon, it's going to have the whole title, The Origin of Species and the Superiority of the Races. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he implanted that whole notion. And, and the people who promote evolution and teach it, you'll see they don't ever mention the second part of the title, because <laughs> yeah. they want to have everyone ignore that. Absolutely. That's a great point, Sonny. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. I'll tune back in now. Okay, thank you for making a good point. We like that. <laughs> Very you, good. Sonny. Our, our oh, phone okay. number is 929-333-3739. Sonny showed us how it is done. Make your point, get in, get out, and be gone. There's, that's good, all right? So uh, you can give us a call if you want to get this free booklet called The Biblical Answer to Racism by Dr. Ken Ham. You may call us right now as well. We'll send it to you absolutely free. Give us a call, 929-333-3739. And so now we come to the descendants of Shem, uh, Micah, in Genesis chapter 10, verses 21 through 31. So... Shem is divided into 26 nations, and so who are some of the interesting descendants of Shem, and where do they settle? Yeah, so so far we've discussed the lines of Japheth and Ham, and we get to this much more important line of Shem, and we'll follow Shem's people, or the Semitic people, all the way through the rest of the Old Testament, straight into the New Testament. So it culminates in Luke chapter 3, where the line of Shem, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, King David, eventually leads to our Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Shem's line divides and settles in the area we now know as Mesopotamia, which is comprised of modern-day countries like Syria, Iraq, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, and the surrounding Arabian nations, the oil-rich nations that stretch between the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf. And one notable descendant in this line is highlighted a couple of times, and his name is Eber. And we don't know a ton about him, but scholars believe that we get the word Hebrew from Eber. So yes. it's because through him that the Hebrew people came. Right. And Genesis chapter 14 and verse 13 mentions that name Hebrew mm-hmm. that does, I believe, come from that name of Eber, where Genesis 14:13 says, And there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew. So, again, we see the the result of this table of nations mm-hmm. in the following chapters as we if we pay attention carefully to to the text. So, as Genesis chapter 10 reveals the table of the nations, 70 nations, 14 descending from Japheth, 30 descending from Ham, 26 descending from Shem, a total of 70 And incredibly, the emphasis throughout this chapter after each of the sons of Noah is it says these are the sons of, and it says after their families, Mm. after their tongues, in their lands, after their nations. So again, they weren't divided by race. There was one human race. We do have different families, Mm -hmm. and people, that's good. Families are good. We do... Um, have different languages. Languages are beautiful. Mm. And and God has divided those languages and really languages from him. And they're, they're in their lands and the lands of the earth are beautiful. And they're in their nations. The nations are beautiful. Okay, so yeah, well, we got a call here from Leonard. Thank you so much for calling Leonard. <clears throat> and you're on the Heritage of Faith Conversation program. Yes, I have a question that's been puzzling me. Um, You're mentioning that we all come from one race, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Why then do we have, um, why isn't everyone the same race then if we all came from the same race? (laughs) Okay. So this is why you need to give us a call and you need to give us your mailing address, Leonard, and we will send you this booklet, The Biblical Answer to Racism. Because Ken Ham answers this very question, and I kind of mention it. Also, a li- also like a um, bit, a the little, let, me, let, me ju- let me just say this: you have the, the difference. Asians, you have blacks, you have whites. Right. But if we all were from one start, how did the differences come about? Why do some people have features that look different from another race if we all came from the same person? Because those genetic differences were all within Adam and Eve to start, for mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. and then they what, were still what within Noah. Race, whatever the race was, they were yeah. a certain race. So yeah. why did it not continue being the same race? Can, can I just if say something? Well, again, can I just say this? Uh, just like uh, Pastor Carmine. Again, the, the differences we're talking about, when we talk about the difference of skin color or eye shape, and hair differences, which do make an Asian person look different from a so-called black person or a so-called white person, only account account for 0.012% of the human biological variation. So 
that's not difficult for God to have those differences within even one man. And then when they when they dispersed, perhaps those differences became more um, more obvious and evident. Pastor Carmine, yeah, all I was going to say was, I, mean, I think you, Pastor, you hit on the head where all those genetic differences between Asians, blacks, whites, and all that was in uh, the three sons. Mm-hmm. But just take, for example, your own kids, right? Pastor, you have three kids. Yeah. They don't all look the same, all right? They, they have differences between your three kids. So in that, okay, res- so was in it, that, was in it, that respect... Was it possible that somebody, let's say, was white, that they can give birth to a black and an Asian from, you know, they could have given birth with different races? Is that possible? Okay, I guess similarly, once, I don't know if you have children or not, but if one of your children has other children with another uh, person, then there are differences in those children from your own children, right? So what happens is, uh, Noah had three sons, so they had three wives, right? One, each one had a wife, and as they populated, the difference, genetic, the genetic differences in each of these sons, mm-hmm. as they procreated with their wives, produced those three genetic differences. The, the, if you want to say, the blacks, the whites, and the Asians. Yeah. Again, uh, Leonard, did you give your address for the booklet to uh, one of our call screeners? Because we, are you there? We'd really like for you to get this booklet because it really does describe and define what ex- exactly what you're, you're talking about. And and even in in our conversation that we just had with Leonard, and he was a very fine man, he he, he seems to indicate there were different races. Yeah. There's one human race, and that we're all of one blood. And a, a white person can easily marry a so-called black person mm. and have beautiful children mm-hmm. and their skin, yeah. you, you know, like even Derek Jeter. His, his, uh, I, I watched this documentary about Derek Jeter, the great New York Yankee. I wish he played on the Mets, but, <laughs> you know, but his dad was black and his mom was white. Yeah. And, you know, and um, so, so he has a, he has a lighter skin yeah. than maybe most black people, but he has a little bit darker skin than some white people, you know, and and that's beautiful. And so people could come together from the different ethnic backgrounds, right. and that's really the best way to term mm-hmm. to the, as far as a biblical term. We're of different ethnic backgrounds, or we come from a different nation or different ethnicity. So, yeah. I, I would just say, you know, I think there were two horses on the ark. You know, and I think now you look at how different horses have changed. There's miniature ponies, there's big Clydesdales, there's Appaloosas, there's Arabian horses, and they look very, very different. I think it's similar with the human race. It has spread and divided, and the differences over time have been exaggerated over 4,000 plus years. And so I think that's how we got unique ethnic, you know, individual groups. Yeah, and exactly, exactly. So. Uh, Pastor Carmine, in Genesis chapter 10, verse 25, there's a very interesting verse where it says that in the days of Peleg was the earth divided. So let's just talk about this division as we finish up our program tonight. What is this division of the earth in the days of Peleg? Well, the, what I, the way I look at it, basically, this division is the division outlined in the genealogy account. Um, for example, Eber named his son after the very thing that was occurring at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the children of Noah were, were being divided, scattered across the face of the earth. So in remembrance of what God had done, 
he named his son Peleg, which basically means uh, division or earthquake. And we see the same thing in Ruth. Um, remember <clears throat> where, it's, where Ruth said, uh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, in the book of Ruth, Naomi said, no longer call me Naomi, yeah. call yeah. me Mara, Mara right because the Almighty dealt bitterly with me. And mm-hmm. also in First Samuel chapter 1, Hannah mm-hmm. uh, was praying for a son, yeah. and he called, you know, she called him Samuel. You know, the Lord yeah. heard me. Yeah. So it's yeah. that kind of... So are you saying that it was during the days of Peleg that God divided their their languages at the Tower of Babel? That's when that incident occurred? Correct. That's what you're saying. Okay, yeah. 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 That, that's probably the best way to look at it. Now, some say though, that the earth actually speaks of the continental division because how North America looks like it could fit with Africa and, and there's some kind of continental drifting mm-hmm. that may geologically have occurred somewhere in time. Some actually say that that's when that happened. But I, I prefer to say that that's when the, the languages were divided. But Micah, yeah. what's your thought on that? Well, I do believe there was once a Pangaea and it was a supercontinent. But I think that it split into the seven continents that we know today during the flood. You know, specifically when the fountains of the deep were breaking up. You know, the whole crust of the earth was breaking yeah. up. So I think I agree with you guys that the, the division is speaking of the Tower of Babel event where all the nations were split and spread. Yeah, I, I, would, I would think that the, the great geologic rearranging of the earth that took place during the flood yeah. could, could have resulted in that continental drift at that time, mm. for sure. Dear friends, thank you for listening to the Heritage of Faith Conversations. We will be back with you next Sunday night, and we're going to talk about Genesis chapter 11, Nimrod at the Tower of Babel. And we trust that you will serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, keep listening. Tell your friends. Listen every Sunday night at 6 p.m. to the Heritage of Faith Conversations program. And have a wonderful night. God bless you. Good night, Pastor Carmine and Micah. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Heritage of Faith Conversations radio program. To find out more about Heritage Baptist Church and our service times and locations, visit our website at hbcnyc.org. We stream multiple services online each week, including 11 a.m. Sunday mornings and 7.15 p.m. Wednesday nights. All are welcome, and you can find links to participate in our services on our website, hbcnyc.org. And join us again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for another Heritage of Faith conversation sponsored by Heritage Baptist Church. Until then, rejoice in the Lord.